Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 461 for Tuesday the 19th of July 2016. My name is Robbie, and please help me welcome my co-host tonight, Shelly De Silva. We've nice got a, yeah, we've got a really fun show uh, prepared for tonight, and we're actually going to be picking up where we left off with LVMs, Logical Volume Management in Linux. This time around, we are going to, in fact, get started with our backup software. So we're going to actually take that snapshot that we've learned to create, and we're going to back up our files to some other form of media. Also coming up in the newsroom, OpenSSH has a user enumeration bug, which could easily be used by a hacker to determine if a username exists on a system. Also, the ARM chip designer is going to be bought by Japan's SoftBank. Windows 10 is falling very short of Microsoft's projections. And finally, hackers got away with millions of dollars from Taiwan bank machines by using their cell phones. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome back. I'm Robbie Ferguson. Hi, I'm Shelly. Shelly, we got some great uh, comments on our YouTube channel as of late. And, uh, hey, maybe you can tackle a couple of those. If you've got any questions for us, make sure you email us live at category5.tv or get into our chat room. It's Category 5 on Freenode. Or, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, just comment below. So we got here from first choice, last choice. Explore Saturn $1.1 billion. How many people would that feed? Nobody will ever live on Saturn other than curiosity at this point. Oh, okay. So in reference to, uh, what, episode number 459 when we were talking about about the new ship going to Jupiter, I believe it was. But I can understand, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money to spend. But, I mean, <laughs> humans are humans, right? We need to learn things. Yeah. That's a tough call, eh? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a moral issue, I guess. How many people would that feed? How uh, many people? <laughs> yeah. oh, you just ruined the excitement for me. <laughs> First choice, last choice. Psh, psh. I know, there are millions of dollars being spent on a bunch of junk. Why don't you send it to Category 5 so we can keep broadcasting beautiful live TV to the world? That was a good swoosh. You know, by beautiful, I mean, like, totally... Billions of dollars. Epic. The things that we could do. Incorrectly. Totally epic. All right, we have another one from Andrew Merle. And Andre. Andre. Uh, yeah. Hey, buddy. This is, like, just, like, just posted this. Yeah, 10 hours ago. We're just like that, folks. I have a Canon 700D and a Blackmagic Intensity Capture. Can okay, I... now he's just showing off. Blackmagic? No, magic. I'm just kidding. Is that? Blackmagic uh... is basically a demonic um, device. <laughs> the Canon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he's got a, okay, so he's got a Canon. Basically a rocket launcher type device. And, and Blackmagic. Black magic. So we're, we we're, we're concocting some intensity kind of... Intensity capture? Uh, some kind of thing here. Yeah, Black Magic Intensity is a oh. card. Black Magic is a manufacturer that does uh, video stuff. So Black Magic oh. Intensity is a PCIe card that um, you put in your computer and it gives you HDMI input so okay. that you can connect things like HD cameras uh-huh. like the 700D right. into the computer and capture it into recording software, streaming software, that kind of thing. Neat. Yeah. He said, but I can't seem to get a picture with the HDMI I knew cable. it wasn't just bragging. Yeah. Can't seem to get a picture. <laughs> what? So we've got that HDMI cable plugged in. Yep. What that would be a firmware issue as well. You know, um, mm. those Blackmagic intensity cards, they are, you know, they're to be considered on the low end because they are, they're cheap compared to the competition. Mm. Um and, and that's good. They work really, really well as long as your device that's sending the signal okay. is basically perfectly to standard, to spec. So if you are trying to capture 1080p video, it has to be like 1920 by 1080 pixels. Oh. It has to be the, the correct um, frame rate, and, mm-hmm. and all these things have to match up. So if you've got a, a camera, mm-hmm. um, like a camcorder, that does stream out, you know, 1440 by 1080 or mm-hmm. 1920 by 1080, um, 
then you'll probably be able to capture it okay by matching up the input on your black magic intensity. But you have to match it exactly, otherwise it's just a black screen. Ooh. Always so found that really, happening. really frustrating. Well, what's actually what can happen with something like a Canon 700D is that the uh, the crop sen the sensor on that camera is not a perfect 16 over 9 crop factor. Or, so, so what happens is that um, the signal being sent from the Canon 700D is not necessarily perfectly 1920 by 1080. Yeah. So or the ratio's all 1280 off? by 7, 720. Um, yeah, the, the aspect ratio is off. Just Even just the slightest little bit and the Blackmagic mm. intensity says no. I don't recognize this signal, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to accept it. Yeah, and it could be a real problem. Same thing happens with the BMI cards um, with uh, with longer cable lengths. If you've got an HDMI cable that's mm -hmm. 25 feet, sometimes the BMIs won't pick it up because they're just so darn picky about that signal. Uh, I really, really love the Magewell cards. Um, particularly for this reason. For one, of course, they're, they're really, really high quality, and, and my cards uh, go up to 4K. So basically anything that I plug into them, mm -hmm. be it uh, like we're, on a, we're live with a Nikon D5100 right now, mm -hmm. uh, and often you'll see me bring in camcorders. And you know, so we've got six HDMI inputs that we could just plug in and, and swap around. And tonight we're using a, uh, you know, we're, we've changed things around even mm -hmm. again. And, and so just by plugging it in, it knows hey, that's approximately a 1080 signal, so it will okay. actually create black bars on the, on the oh, uh, input. So rather than, you know, Blackmagic says, no, we, won't, we just won't capture it. Right. Magewell will say, okay, it's not quite 1920, so we'll just put a black bar there and then leave it to you to zoom in on it and crop out the black bar. I like that approach. Yeah. That so works really, really nicely for me. Um, so I would say if you can't get the, the uh, black magic intensity to work, mm -hmm. start looking at Magewell, uh, M-A-G-E-W-E-L-L. Uh, check out their website, do a quick search. Uh, we're uh, affiliated, partnered with B&H Photo Video, as well as Amazon. Amazon does sometimes carry Magewell cards, but B&H Photo Video in particular, if you go to cat5.tv slash BH, mm -hmm. uh, not to make it sound like an advertisement, but if you're going to buy one, if you're looking at them, it's a little way to support the show and, and give us a little bit of a kickback uh, mm -hmm. as thanks for, for what we do here. Um, so good luck. Um, but I do think that you might find if you don't have a perfect signal coming off of that camera, it's not going to work on the BMI card. So try it with a different camera too. Good advice. Get a uh, get a like a hand camera that you know has a good output, and and then just confirm that yeah you're doing everything right. So good luck. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Right. You got one more for me? Yes. I okay. Think, I think it was a comment. Oh, yes. This one here came mm. to us from Sanak. Uh, and Sanak was watching the video where Jeff and I tried mate for the first time. So this is a tea that looks more like um, oh, more like something that might be grown illicitly. Oh, dear. <laughs> so Sanak says, Uruguayo here. You did it all wrong. Oh, guys. But it was hilarious <laughs> to watch. It was a big thumbs up there on YouTube. So, hey, you know what? We did it all wrong, but it was hilarious. So I oh, think that go. was a win. That's a sell. I think that was a win. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, we had no idea what we were doing. They, you messed up We tea. wanted... It, <laughs> it's a little different than tea. Come on. They, it had, like... Um, I can't even remember the names of these things. It had like like straw-like things that you had to drink it through. Mm. You, you guys corrected me last time, and I yeah. didn't didn't. Obviously, it <laughs> went in and it came out, and I released it to make room for something about LVM. You know, that's just how the mind works. <laughs> That's so. kind of funny. Okay, well, that's uh, that's all the viewer viewer comments that we've got on uh, on YouTube uh, that uh, that we're going to make mention of tonight. We've got to take a really really quick break to hear from one of our partners, and when we come back, we're going to be learning how to back up our LVM using those uh, those snapshots that we've created. We learned to create on past episodes. We're going to be talking a real quick rundown of what we've learned so far, and then we're going to be looking at uh, actually creating that backup set. So stick around. Cool. Now here's another great way you can support the shows you love from the Category5.tv network by shopping at GearBest. That's right, Jeff. Uh, Cat5.tv slash GearBest. It's an online store for the geek streak in you. Or the loved ones. Well, of course. I mean, especially your loved ones, right? Uh, because... 
cat5.tv slash gearbest, quite frankly, has all of the greatest tech gifts that you could ever hope for at rock-bottom prices. Do they have cell phones? You betcha. Cat5.tv slash gearbest has a wide assortment of unlocked Android cell phones and tablets. What about computer... Uh consumer electronics those make a great gift absolutely from high-tech watches to action cameras headphones even virtual reality headsets cat5.tv slash gearbest has you covered they literally have it all jeff literally really it's like a superstore right from the comfort of your own chair at your computer through the interweb yeah i there's no way they have it all it's true it's just a bunch of uh random electronics test me um, what about clothes? Yep. Both men and women, fashionable apparel at rock bottom, super duper prices. Kind of like this. Well, look at this coat. What do you think? It's a slimming mock leather jacket. I love it. It's available for less than $30 plus free shipping at cap5.tv slash gear best. All right. You kind of got me there. Wow. Any other questions for me, Jeff? Uh, now that the winter has passed... Flying season. Do they have any good deals on, say, drone copters? Oh my goodness! Well, check this out. Dude, they have everything. Check out over 500 various drones. And not only that, they're available marked down by about 30 to up to 63% off the regular price. Love it. What's the website again? Well, you're going to find GearBest on our partners' pages for any of your favorite Category 5 TV shows like New Every Day, Category 5 Technology TV, The Pixel Shadow. Uh, but of course, if you want to shop absolutely right now and you want to go straight to the site, all you have to do is visit cat5.tv slash GearBest. See, that's easy. Cat5.tv slash GearBest. That's right. Happy shopping. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. You will find our website, www.category5.tv. My name is Robbie Ferguson. I'm your host tonight. I'm Shelly, and I'm a co-host. Shelly De Silva, ladies and gentlemen. Shelly, we just saw the commercial brought back uh, GearBest to mm-hmm. me, obviously. Cat5.tv slash GearBest. What do you think of my steampunk-like watch? That's pretty cool. Did you see this? No. You can actually see through it. Can you see all that? Yeah. This is a gear watch. And look at the back. What? What? Stainless. So I got to get used to actually winding up my watch. This is a new thing for me. (laughs) Just reset it every hour? No, you just have to make sure you wind it up. But you can actually see right through that thing. Pretty neat. And you can see all the gears. It's pretty cool. But uh, So we've got a new section on my blog, baldnerd.com. As if that was open. I waited for it. I waited for it. I prayed that my hair would fall out so I could get the best domain for me. And finally, it expired. And you took it. And I bought it. Baldnerd.com, you'll see. You're not going to let it happen. You're not going to let me go on. It's just it's too good. It is. Yeah. Baldnerd.com. They say if you say it three times, it'll, it'll be in your head. I need to hear Bambila. Bambija. That's the name. For what? Bambija. The thing that goes in the mate. Oh. You... See how that works? See? It's like my brain is just like turned off and then suddenly Train it comes came to back. The station. When I start thinking about other stuff, my blog, how did Bald Nerd brought Bambija back to me? Somebody check if the dot com is available. Uh, Baldnerd.com, you'll see my gear, and my gear is uh, going to be a growing list of things that I have and love uh, from apparel to drones to my watch uh, to all that kind of stuff. So March. check it out. Merch. You saw me wear it, so you <laughs> might as well wear it too. It's actually a really cool watch. I feel like you're just advertising yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be selling com. we're going to sell bald caps around Halloween time. That's we're great. actually par- partnered with Party City, so oh, I think great. we could actually pull that off. <laughs> you too can be Robbie. <laughs> oh, Shelly. You got to show the watch again though. You want to see the watch again? <laughs> and this yeah, shirt yeah, only 25 bucks. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, all right. I think we'd better move on. Yep. Because tonight we're learning about 
LVM backups. And along the the, the vein, uh, you know, as you watch this uh, this feature tonight, you're going to be learning about RDIF backup as well. A friend of mine, Brett, uh, put me onto this uh, application. It's freely available for Linux, and I love it. I absolutely, uh, you know, now that I know how to use RDIF backup, I just, I can't believe I didn't have it before. It's one of those things tonight you're going to learn how to use it. Uh, we're just going to, you know, we're going to cover the basics to get you started and uh, put you onto the, the website to, to learn more. But um, essentially, tonight, even if you're not doing LVMs, you're going to be learning how to use RDIF backup. And that is an asset that you Linux users need uh, for your backup sets because it allows you to go back in time as far as, hey, oh, I deleted a file 10 days ago and forgot and my backup ran 10 times what do I do? You can actually say, I would like to re recover this file from 11 days ago or 90 days ago wow. or nine months ago or six years ago if you've got <laughs> enough storage space. So, yeah, it, it actually is a fantastic tool. We're going to be looking at that tonight. So let's, uh, let's get over to our LVM system here. And, uh, okay, so you know, just kind of backing up real quick, on episode number 455... We talked about how to create logical volume managed uh, systems. So okay. basically install Ubuntu Mate uh, with an LVM. And LVM, of course, we learned in that episode what it is and how it works. Um, it, it allows us to do some really cool stuff like adding extra um, storage to our uh, logical volume group, which allows us to expand storage on the fly without even having to shut down our computer. So in a server environment, that means more uptime. We love more uptime, and, uh, and it really, really helps us out. Uh, we also learned then how to resize down a partition. Say you've got LVM on your laptop. Well, mm -hmm. you can't necessarily throw an extra hard drive in there, but you do want to do snapshots, but mm -hmm. your logical volume group is full, so you can actually resize down the logical volume and give yourself extra space at the end. We learned that on episode 455, so you want to tune into that if you haven't already. Then on episode number 456... I think we kind of segued in the resizing here as well. We learned how to do snapshots. And snapshots are a fantastic tool in order to supplement our backups by allowing us to not just backup files that are on our computer um, and constantly, you know, they're in use potentially. It actually allows us to take what it sounds like a snapshot of that hard drive so that when we do a backup of the files on the snapshot, we're not um, causing sharing violations. If the files are changing on the fly, we don't have to worry about it because the snapshot is a point in time so that when we run a backup, there is not going to be corruption because files changed while they were being backed up. That's particularly useful when you're dealing with larger files. Um, think about a, a large video file that could change. Uh, maybe you've re you know you save over it or something, and it takes time to save over it. So if it was being backed up at that time, you're going to get corruption. Think about uh, a virtual machine hard drive file like a VDI. If that virtual machine is running and you try to back it up regularly, uh, it would probably be really problematic when you try to boot it up the next time from the backup because there were probably read-write operations happening in the virtual machine at the time that the backup took place. And then there's things like MySQL server applications that are constantly reading and writing from the hard drive. So if you were to back up your MySQL database, you could have lost data, you could have corrupted tables, you could have even just dirty tables so that you've got a, a little bit of maintenance to do after restoring your backup. So snapshots really clean things up by taking a point in time and saying, okay, here, now you can do your backup and it's safe to do so. Nothing is going to change. But key thing is that your computer keeps working. So the virtual machine keeps going. Everything else keeps running. So then we can run our backups and, and do all that. So not to digress too much into what snapshots are, but that is going to be a key uh, key factor in tonight's demonstration and uh, tutorial. And I would encourage you that if you want to learn all about snapshots, tune in to episode number 456 of Category 5 Technology TV. And of course, you'll find our website at www.category5.tv or click on one of the cards, click the I up the top right of your, uh, your little playback window there. Okay, getting into it, Shelly. You ready? Are you ready to be geekified? Yes. I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, you, you're in for a doozy today, Shelly. <laughs> Hope cap you on. don't mind. 
All right, so let's jump over to our Ubuntu Mate system here, and there's what it looks like. Let's jump into our terminal, and this, of course, was created on 4.55 and worked on on 4.56. So if we do, for example, sudo lv display, display, we should see our logical volumes there. So we've got our root and we've got our swap one. So the things that we want to back up are things like our home folder. Home folder has all of our user configuration files, all of our personal files like documents, downloads, music, pictures. Uh, but it also has some hidden stuff. Like if you go into .config, hidden folder, you see that there are tons of different little things there like settings for GTK, settings for, uh, in my case, Kaja, uh, maybe Nautilus for you. Uh, I've got Ubuntu Mate settings and all those kinds of things. Uh, you're going to have browser settings and bookmarks and favorites. Those are all hidden in your home folder in things like, uh, let's see, is there .mozilla? No. Is there .google? No. Is there dot? They're in here somewhere, folks. But all that to say, all of your stuff is usually in your home folder. But then there are also things like your ETC folder, which have a lot of different configuration files, like your FS tab file that you wouldn't want to lose in event of a hard drive failure. So we're going to learn how to back up all those things, and we're going to use a snapshot to make it so that we can do it on the fly safely, uh, considering if you have a virtual machine running, things like that. So let's go into our home folder with CD and then tilde. That takes us right in, and you'll see there's my home folder. Let's make a new folder called Scripts. I'm going to use a capital S because, you know, downloads, music, pictures have a capital S too, so we might as well conform to that kind of layout. And what we're going to do is in this folder, we're going to create our backup shell script that's going to be used in order to run our daily backup. So that puts us into this folder. We're not going to use it yet, but that's where I want to put that file when we're ready. And first of all, we're going to look at a tool called rdiff backup, rdiff-backup. So it's kind of like rsync and it's kind of like a backup, mm -hmm. all kind of merged in together. It's very, very um, efficient with bandwidth, so you can have um, both your source and your destination or a mix mm -hmm. of one or the other uh, be on remote systems and even through something like a DSL connection it's going to it's going to work very well uh, for your backups so uh, so that said you could have a server set up if you wanted to that goes out to all the computers in your network and does an RDIF backup to another computer in your network or somewhere across town or somewhere That's you know at, at a family member's house and then you've got offsite backup. So it can be used in a lot of cool ways and we're not going to get into really advanced sophisticated stuff tonight, but we're going to show you the basics to get you started. I wanted to read you the uh, RDIF backup uh, description from uh, the man pages. Maybe you know what, Shelley? Maybe you'd like to take this because I know with all the geeky stuff tonight, I got to give you more. You know, am I reading? Uh, the RDIF backup description from the man page, starting with RDIF backup is a script written in Python that backs up one directory to another. The target directory ends up a copy mirror uh, of the source directory, but extra verse diffs are stored in special subdirectories of that target directory, so you can still recover files lost sometime, for some time ago. The idea is to combine the best feature of a mirror and an increment backup. RDIF backup also preserves stem, what was it, semlinks? Simlinks, yeah. Simlinks, special files, hard links, permissions, UID slash GID ownership, and modification times. You guys catch all that? So this backup preserves everything from simlinks to the permissions to the ownerships. Mm -hmm. All that stuff gets preserved on your backup. And it's incremental. So, But it's not incremental in the traditional backup sense. Restoration, we will learn tonight that mm -hmm. you can actually go back X number of days or to a specific date or okay. so many backups ago or something mm -hmm. like that. So in order to get RDIF backup, this amazing free tool, we're going to jump back to our Linux machine and we're going to type... Oh, and let's make sure you can see the bottom of my window there. That's a little better. sudo apt-get update. Now, I am on Ubuntu Mate, so I'm using sudo super user do. If you are on Debian, you're going to use su and become super user. If you're on uh, your own distribution that is not Ubuntu or Debian, it may be one of those, or it may be something diff. But uh, I'm sure you'll figure it out. 
Here we go. We're using apt-get, though. So it's a little different than, say, a yum-based system. sudo apt-get install. <laughs> Did you see what happened there? I should not look at this screen because this screen has about a quarter second delay. So when I hit backspace, it, the timing Shifts. was off there. Yeah, so I was deleting the wrong thing. Okay, sudo apt-get install rdiff-backup. And it's as simple as that. Let's see if it finds it. Kabam! All right, so it's going to grab a couple of extra things there for us that we need, like Python. For example, we learned uh, from Shelly that it's a Python script. It's going to give us rdiff backup as one of the tools there. Okay, here we go. Nice and quick. Uh, nice thing about Linux, Debian-based uh, systems with apt is that you can just install things without having to download them by finding a website that has it and compile from source and all that. 99 times out of 100, we'll say, it's going to find everything that it needs, all those dependencies. And I say that. I would have said, up until today, I would have said 100 times out of 100. But we've had a little issue at the office with uh, with a particular package giving us grief yeah. after an upgrade on Ubuntu. So, uh, But this, this time it worked great. <laughs> so now when I type rdiff backup, you'll see it, it actually... It actually has that tool. So rdiff, rdiff backup, if I type man rdiff backup, man rdiff backup, then it gives me the manual, the man pages as we call it. So this is a great thing to look at if you want to learn all about the advanced stuff. Okay, But tonight we're going to consider this as a bit of a crash course. So we're going to learn the basics. We're going to learn how to do these backups and create our very own script. Before we do that, we are going to take a break for the news. And right after the news, now that we've got RDIF backup installed, we're going to learn to create a script that's going to first create our volume snapshot on our LVM, then run a backup of the snapshot or particular folders within that snapshot, such as our home and ETC folders. Then it's going to remove and destroy this, the snapshot so that it's no longer using memory and uh, regular operation can, can, can continue. Uh, so we're going to learn all about that, how to code that in just a couple of moments' time. So stick around. In the meantime, Jeff was scheduled to be in the newsroom tonight. Oh, dear. Poor Jeff. He's okay, but he's not here <laughs> because he has, he had to have his big toes <laughs> surgified. So he called us up and said, I can't handle the pain. <laughs> so we're going to ask him all about it next time he's here. Yeah. See what's up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he had some kind of thing done to his feet. And <laughs> now he's, uh, he's resting. Claws I hope. removed. So. We don't know. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought he had his declawing done. So anyway, so I'm on news tonight, and uh, we're gonna give this a go. It's been a while since I've done news. Shelley, are you sure you don't want to take it? Uh, I got lots of stuff uh, about the uh, the Taiwanese um, attack. I can't see that far. So. <laughs> well, that settles it then. Yeah. <laughs> that settles it. Okay. Well. It's Tuesday, the 19th of July, 2016, and here are the top stories that we're covering tonight. Open SSH user enumeration, uh, a bug, uh, could be easily used by a hacker to determine if a username exists on a system. Also, the ARM chip designer is said to be being bought by Japan's SoftBank. Windows 10 is falling short of Microsoft's projections, and hackers got away with millions of dollars from Taiwan bank machines by using their cell phones. These stories and more coming up in just a couple of moments' time. Don't go anywhere. You've got mad skills. Now hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv lynda. Learn software, technology, creative, and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash linda. I'm Robbie Ferguson. Here are the top stories that we're covering tonight. A bug in OpenSSH allows an attacker to check whether usernames are valid on a net-facing server. 
Because the blowfish algorithm runs faster than SHA-256 or SHA-512, the bug hasn't been fixed yet, but in his post to full disclosure, Verint developer Eddie Harari says, OpenSSH developer Darren Tucker knows about the issue and is working to address it. Now, if you send a user ID to an OpenSSH server with a long but, uh, but wrong password, say 10 kilobytes, that's what Harari mentions in his post, then the server will respond quickly for fake users, but slowly for real users. It's smart. As the post explains, it's particular uh, to certain configurations. It says, when SSHD tries to authenticate a non-existing user, it will pick up a fake password structure hard-coded in the SSHD source code. On the hard-coded password structure, the password hash is based on Blowfish algorithm. If real users' passwords are hashed using SHA-256 or SHA-512, then sending large passwords 10 kilobytes will result in a shorter response time from the server for non-existent users. Of course, if the attack is able to work out, uh, if the attacker, pardon me, is able to work out an SSH user ID, the next step would be to check it against a list of previously hacked ID and password combinations. So as soon as SSH, uh, OpenSSH rather, makes its patch public, make sure you install it. It was confirmed yesterday that this is complicated. There we go. It was confirmed yesterday morning that UK technology firm Arm Holdings is to be bought by Japan's SoftBank for 24 billion pounds, or the equivalent of 32 billion US dollars. The board of Arm is expected to recommend shareholders accept the offer, which is around a 43% premium on its closing market value of £16.8 billion from Friday. The Cambridge-based company designs microchips used in most smartphones, including Apple's and Samsung's. Arm, which was founded in 1990, currently employs more than 3,000 people. Shares in the UK technology firm surged by 45% at the open of the London Stock Exchange yesterday to £1,742.85 per share. That added $7.56 billion, uh, billion pounds pardon me, to Arm's market value. Arm said it would keep its headquarters in Cambridge and that it would at least double the number of its staff over the next five years. SoftBank is one of the world's biggest technology companies. It has previously acquired Vodafone's Japanese operations and the U.S. telecom company Sprint. The new deal will be funded by SoftBank's own cash and also a long-term loan from a Japanese bank. Microsoft has said that it will miss... <laughs> I'm pushing buttons like crazy. There we go. Did I even have the wrong picture up? <laughs> yep. It's okay. It's okay. There we go. Microsoft has said that it will miss its target of getting Windows 10 operating system running on more than 1 billion devices by 2018. In a statement, it said problems with its smartphone business would delay it hitting its milestone. The software giant has struggled to find customers for Windows phones in a market dominated by Android and Apple. Shortly before the main release of the operating system last July, Microsoft set itself a target of getting the, uh, the software onto 1 billion devices. However, its plans took a knock soon after when it laid off 7,800 people in its smartphone business and wrote off the entire value of the Nokia smartphone business that it bought in 2014 for $7.2 billion. Earlier this month, it uh, scrapped its Finland phone unit and left even more staff out of work. At the time, it made the prediction about Windows 10 use. Microsoft was hoping to sell about 50 million Windows phones a year. However, global smartphone uh, sales figures suggest that Windows phones now account for just 1.6% of sales in North America and 0.4% in China. Those are the two largest markets for smartphones. Microsoft says Windows 10 is active on just about 350 million devices at the present. I did it. Thank you. 
Authorities in Taiwan <laughs> are trying to work out how hackers managed to trick a network of bank ATMs into spitting out millions. Police in Taiwan said on Sunday that they had arrested three out of the 16 foreign suspects that they believe hacked into the cash machines of a major local bank. They say a small number of people wearing masks cashed out 41 ATMs operated by Taiwan's first bank on Sunday. They suspect that they left the country the following day. The crooks stole an estimated $2.2 million, or $70 million in the local currency, just hours after a typhoon battered the region around Tepai. What's interesting about this theft, though, is that the crooks didn't use bank cards, judging from security camera footage. Instead, they actually appeared to uh, gain control of the machines with a connected device, possibly a smartphone. Targeted ATMs were made by German manufacturer Wincor Nixdorf, which admits some of the machines... <laughs> I just said I couldn't say Nixdorf <laughs> with a straight face. I'm sorry, Nixdorf. Let's get that out of my system. Some of the machines in Taiwan were, in fact, hacked. Uh, as part of a premeditated attack, three different strains of malware were found on the compromised machines. First Bank and other Taiwanese banks suspended withdrawals from their ATMs as a precaution following the attack, pending investigations to determine whether cyber tampering took place. A policeman recognized one of the suspects, a Latvian, uh, while he was eating in a restaurant in the northeastern city of Yilan. Police arrested him later. Two other suspects, who are from Romania, were arrested in Tepei, and police say that they had found more than 50 million Taiwan dollars uh, of the stolen money in a hotel room. According to, to uh, the chief investigator on the case, this is the first time that an international team of ATM thieves has committed a crime in Taiwan. The remaining 13 suspects, including two from Russia, have left Taiwan and police have alerted authorities overseas. Big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. If you have a story that you'd like us to include on the news, make sure you email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Robbie Ferguson. Shelly, we're having fun tonight learning some geekery. We're going to be creating this backup script so that we can back up our LVMs. But do keep in mind, if you are not using LVMs or if you're not using snapshots even, you can still use this tool, RDIF Backup, to, to conduct your backups uh, on Linux. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going to work very, very well for you regardless. The reason we want to use snapshots mm -hmm. is so that we can do it on the fly without the potential of corrupting things like a big virtual machine VDI file. So we're going to jump right into this. So we're going to get back to our Linux system, and we want to create that virtual uh, snapshot of our file system that we learned to do on episode number 456. If you weren't there, make sure you tune in. Okay, so we want to go sudo lvcreate-l10g. We're going to create a 10-gig logical volume. Dash s, because it's going to be a snapshot. Dash n, it's going to be a new one called lvm snapshot. Again, all this Stuff was learned on episode number 456. We're going to create that from slash de or we're going to create that as uh, or no, pardon me, from uh, what was it? Dev, uh, I think it was. Mm, I'm going to have to check. <laughs> Pseudo LV display. What was it, folks? Ah, dev slash Ubuntu Mate slash VG slash root. Okay, let's try again. Sudo LV create to create it. L 10 gigs and dash S dash N LVM snapshot is what we're calling it. Remember why we did that? Make sure you tune into the episode 456 to learn. Slash dev slash Ubuntu dash Mate dash VG slash root. Okay, so now we have created that logical volume snapshot. So sudo lv display. 
and we now see that we've got our LVM snapshot. So that is not yet mounted. We need to create a mount point for it. So let's go CD slash, you know what? This is going to be a snapshot. So yeah, you know what? I'm still going to keep it in MNT. We want to have some form of persistence. Looks like my old snapshot folder mount point is still there. So I can go mount slash dev slash Ubuntu mate dash VG slash LVM snapshot to snapshot. And only root can do that, of course, sudo. And now if I go uh, ls snapshot, we see all of our file system. But that is, a, again, the snapshot of the file system. So we know that it works. We're good to go. So let's actually umount the snapshot. Snapshot. And again, we need to be super user. And then we're going to, uh, yeah, you know what? No, I'm going to keep it mounted. Is that OK, Shell? Mm -hmm. Because I'm, what I'm going to do, we're going to take a slightly different approach. I'm going to show you how to use Rdiff Backup first, for those of you who are not using LVMs and doing the snapshot thing. And uh, then we're going to script it as well so that you've got an automated uh, backup system that you can run on a cron. So first off, and cron, of course, is uh, your uh, scheduled tasks, basically, in Linux. So ls snapshot, I remounted it. There it is. So let's run our first backup. Let's pretend that we've got a backup drive called uh, backup. So remember that I can mount anything to that backup mount point. So that could be an external hard drive. That could be an SSH uh, share on another server. That can be uh, a CIFS, uh, Samba share on another server, something like that. So today, we're not going to actually mount anything there, but it does need to be something on separate media because you don't want to back up to the same hard drive set because the whole purpose of a backup, part of the purpose of a backup is that if the hard drive crashes, you don't lose anything. So you want it to be on separate media, preferably at a separate site because a fire, of course, is something to consider. Power surge, things like that, that would destroy both of your local sets. Okay, so uh, quickly, with our diff backup now installed, there is a really easy way that we can do this, and that is by uh, simply specifying a single destination uh, from a single source. So our source could be, so our diff backup is the command, slash, um, we want to go mnt slash snapshot. Notice I'm going to use the long form. I'm not going to do it um, from uh, the current folder. I'm not going to just leave off those things. I want to use the long form so that if this is going to be run through a script it's, or from any folder, it's still going to work. Uh, home, Robbie. And notice I can just type the first couple characters and then hit tab. And then uh, that is my home folder. So if I wanted to just back up the Robbie home folder or all home folders, I could do that. And then the destination being slash mnt slash backup. Okay, so now if I hit enter, it's going to zip through that. Now it says permission denied. Well, why is that? Well, I'm not super user. So now let's run that again as super user do. And that now has permission. We definitely want to run this as root because we're going to be wanting to back up files that we don't necessarily personally, our user, have permission to access. Things in slash etc, slash var, slash log, all those kinds of things. Um, so you want to have um, you want to have super user access. So that is now copying the entire home folder. And I've probably got a lot of junk in there. So that's going to take some time. If I would like, what I can actually do is I can see a little bit more verbose information by typing uh, dash V for verbose and then the number five, for example, for verbosity level five uh, with no space and then dash dash print dash statistics. I can do that. But let's cancel out of this. And then if I look at my backup folder, you'll see that, uh, oh, I can't see it yet. LS backup. I'm going to change permissions so that we can actually see that. But you see that there is now a folder called Robbie and a folder called RDIF backup data. So that is our basic, you know, our target for the backup set itself. I'm going to remove that and recreate. So let's go sudo maker backup. And, you know, I'm so tired of sudo. I'm just, uh, can I do su dash? I don't think I have su access, sudo su. There we go. I'm root now. <laughs> That's one way. Okay, so now I'm root. I don't have to worry about all this extra stuff. So let's do our diff dash backup dash v5. And then this time print 
statistics, I think it is. And then our source, MNT, uh, snapshot, home, Robbie, let's say desktop, because that'll be nice and quick. Uh, and then uh, our destination as MNT slash backup. And then see how that was much more verbose. It actually gave me some output. So now if I look in backup, I have a backup of... Oh, there, was, there are no files on desktop. Let's change, choose a different folder. Let's just go with uh, just Robbie, I guess. But it's going to be verbose, so at least now we can see that it's actually working and going through. So our first backup is going to take the most amount of time. That's inevitable because it's backing up everything that we told it to in the folder slash home slash Robbie. Um, so keep in mind because we're working with an LVM snapshot, we're not pointing to slash home slash Robbie. We're pointing to slash MNT slash snapshot slash home slash Robbie. That's our snapshot as we learned on episode 456. So the first backup is going to take some time, but every subsequent backup, here's where RDIF backup excels both from a bandwidth standpoint and just a speed of backup standpoint. Imagine backing up a giant folder of files. Mm -hmm. It could take an hour. Okay, so a server on a net network that, you know, that affects performance because there's a lot of read-write operations going on. Uh, if it's a little older, it will have even more impact. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, that can be pretty problematic if it takes that much time. So RDIF Backup says, okay, let's take that full backup the first time. It's going to take some time. Sure, we know that. But then every time we run an RDIF Backup after that, if okay. it's the same specification, same source, same destination, same settings, then we're going to only backup up, not the files that have changed, but the actual bits that have changed. Oh, okay. So if I have a giant Excel spreadsheet, mm -hmm. it could be a thousand gigabytes. And the first time I back it up, of course, it's going to be a thousand gigabytes. It's nuts, right? Mm -hmm. Next time I back it up, mm -hmm. it's going to say no changes are necessary, done. Okay. Or somebody changed three bytes in a file in the file by you know changing a word here. Mm -hmm. Now, the next backup is only three bytes. So it's, oh, wow. it's that quick. So the next backup is instantaneous, basically. So our one-hour backup now has changed to, um, it's just whatever was not, what has changed since the last backup, which let's say would be daily. So of all the documents on your network, how many files changed today? And that is the size of your backup. Maybe oh. a couple of megs. Maybe yeah. um, if it's just docs and things like that. So it's mm -hmm. very, very quick, almost instantaneous. So I've seen uh, at customer sites, for example, where RDIF backup has saved an exponential amount of time. And their backup that used to take six or seven hours now mm -hmm. takes literally two or three minutes. Wow. And not only that, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But and you can see why I'm shocked that, you know, I didn't know about this tool before. And now yeah. that I do, I'd never <laughs> use anything else, basically. Yeah. Here's one of the key kickers. Not only do you get that advantage, mm -hmm. but because of the way that it just saves the extra bits that have changed, mm -hmm. you can, f like, it would take forever to fill up a hard drive, your backup drive. So if you've got a nice backup unit, mm -hmm. like a, a RAID size. 1 with, yeah, 8, eight terabytes or something mm -hmm. like that, or even 2 terabytes, it's going to take a really long time to fill it up because your daily backups are only the changes. Yeah. Yet, when you restore, you can restore the whole file, obviously, oh. but it intelligently figures out all the bits so mm -hmm. that you get the whole file when you restore it, but right. the backup size used on the device is only the change. So therefore, with RDIF backup, you can store months, potentially years worth of backups. Yes. Incremental, and it will not fill up your drive. Wow. So I've been experimenting with some backups and some backups where we could only keep three or four days worth of backups yeah. are now storing nine months worth of backups. Wow. And we haven't gone past that threshold yet to see, uh -huh. you know, how much more can it store? We haven't even gotten there yet. And That's we're using a third of the disk. Mm. So it's incredible. My first backup is already complete now, and I want to show you again, you know, how quick this happens. So now the next time it runs, say it's a cron, and it runs, and it says, well, there's no changes, so we're done. Boom. Okay, so next time it's really, really fast. Um, so if there are changes, only those changes are going to be backed up. 
So I've now run two backups. I've got two increments of my file system. So I can start restoring uh, files from that backup if I'd like to. There's my backup. So you see now I've got desktop documents, downloads, music, pictures, public, etc. And then there's this RDIF backup data. And that is where you never even have to touch, okay? Don't ever touch it. Uh, but that is basically where it stores its secret data for those increments. But these folders allow us to copy files directly from the backup without having to go through any hoops or anything like that. So if I go into, um, I don't know where there might be files. We were looking at config before, so config is there. And you see that the files are all there, and I could copy them directly from this. Key point with RDIF backup is never now write to this backup. Don't change any files within the backup. Don't write any new files to the backup manually. Only use the RDIF backup um, tool because it intelligently works with this folder system now, the entire folder tree for the RDIF backup set. So if you add or remove or edit any of the files, it's going to say, hey, something's happened here. The diffs are wrong and you've corrupted your backup set. So don't ever touch it from a write standpoint without using the rdiff-backup tool. You can read from it by copying files or you know using CP, dragging and dropping things away from it. Don't cut, uh, but don't ever write to it. Okay, so we've created our backup. Now we see that it's there and we can just run that as a task every single day. And it's never going, you know, it's, it's going to take a long time to fill up if it even does. Okay, so we're going to unmount, I'm going to actually unmount the, uh, the um, snapshot. I don't need super user do now, do I? I'm basically like I'm on Debian. I'm super user as it is. I'm root. Uh, U-mount. Snapshot. Okay, and then my backup still remains. My snapshot is gone. So I can keep working away. Okay, so I'm going to actually remove my backup because that was for demonstration purposes of the most basic functionality of RDIF backup. And so now we've just got that mount point for that. Let's make a directory called backup for the backup set. And let's return to home Robbie scripts. And let's create a file called backup.sh. Now this file is going to be uh, an sh executable. I don't think I held the shift key in there, so... Let's fix that. There we go. So that's how we start a, an sh file. And so this is basically scripting commands that we would use in Bash uh, into a single script that's going to run everything for us. So we know we want to uh, LV create our logical volume, just like I did in the command line. No, uh, that was, uh, what was it? Dev slash Ubuntu Mate VG slash root, right? I believe I'm correct there. I always like the trailing slash so that if there's like router, it won't grab that. Um, so then uh, our mount point was slash MNT slash snapshot. Okay, so then we know that, okay, that we're going to do some stuff in between, but then we want to also remove that, uh, which... Yeah, I did do that. I, you, and I unmounted. That's something. I unmounted, but I didn't actually remove the snapshot. So do keep in mind, I missed a step there. Uh, we need to actually remove the, uh, the snapshot itself. So you need to go su sudo, as, if you're not super user, lv remove, and then slash dev slash ubuntu dash mate slash uh, dash vg slash, and then my lvm snapshot. Okay? Don't miss that step because... Um, that is going to actually switch you back to regular operation of your hard drive. If you miss that step, then you're going to fill up memory and then eventually crash the system because you're going to run out of memory as every change is being stored in memory and potentially could lead to data loss. So don't leave out that step, all right? So I'm going to go back into my script. And so this is why I do it this way, because when I'm scripting, I don't want to miss those kinds of steps. Mm -hmm. What would happen if I accidentally forgot to remove the actual logical volume from my daily backup script? It would be a nightmare. So when I, when I code, just like opening brackets and closing brackets, mm -hmm. I like to say, okay, I'm going to create the snapshot. Now I'm going to remove the snapshot. So I do that first, and then I code everything in between. So back at my script here, the next thing that I want to do is, in fact, LV remove and then the actual uh, snapshot. So dev ubuntu 
mate-vg slash, and I called it LVM snapshot. So my script creates the snapshot and removes it right now. So now in between those two things, now we want to actually run our backup. So this is where we would say, okay, uh, our diff dash backup, and then what do we want to do? Do we want it to be verbose? We can do that. Uh, do we want it to just um, go silently? Whatever you want to do. But here we would say uh, our source and our destination if we wanted to do it that way. But let's do it a little bit more complex. and. Our diff backup allows us to select various places on our hard drive to include in the RDIF backup set. Uh, but we do this a little bit in a backward sense because we say what we want to exclude and oh. include in kind of a hierarchical um, methodology. So we, we, if we say include this but exclude this mm -hmm. and this happens to be inside of this, it will actually include this even oh, though it's inside okay. of the thing that we said to exclude because it's hierarchical. Got archical. it. Our hierarchical. All right. Yeah. Have we got time to cover it? How yeah. are you for time? Yeah, good. Okay. All right. So let's, let's step into this, folks. I want to do something a little more sophisticated than just source destination. So we're going to say, I do want verbosity. I want to actually see stuff happening because I may want to later uh, output this to a log file. Uh, and what did I say that was? Print statistics. Okay, I like to create things on a new line so that it keeps my script organized so that it's easier to see things. So you add a slash there so that you can create a new line. And then we're going to say, uh, well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, our, our source is going to be slash. Okay, so our entire hard drive. And then again, new line. So I need a uh, backslash there. And then our destination is going to be uh, slash MNT slash backup slash. Okay, so that's our destination. So now this would back up absolutely everything on our slash drive, our mount, our root mount point. Okay, so that could be a problem because slash MNT slash backup is a part of that set. So we need to dash dash exclude in the hierarchy slash MNT slash backup. Okay, so we've now told it don't back up that folder. That would be redundant and cause a rift in the space-time continuum. So we don't want to do that. Okay, but we do want to include... Well, let's first say, you know what? Let's actually, just so that we understand the methodology here, I'm going to say exclude, and I'm going to put in quotes, uh, pardon me, uh, single quotes, star star, which means everything and then slash, and don't forget the slash after this line. So I have now said, okay, RDIF backup, verbosity five, print the statistics, exclude my backup folder, the destination, and exclude everything else in slash, and back it up to MNT slash backup. So now that I've added this line, I have actually made it so that, and I'll highlight it there for you, I've made it so that I'm not backing up anything because that's an exclusion. So because of the hierarchy, I now say above that line, dash dash include slash MNT slash um, snapshot slash home as one of my includes. Okay? So now in the hierarchy of things, we've said do not back up anything in slash MNT slash backup. Doesn't matter what it is. Do include uh, in your backup set slash MNT slash snapshot slash home, which we created the snapshot up here, okay? And then exclude everything else in our slash and back it up to slash MNT slash backup, okay? So now that we've created this type of a script, we can say include slash etc slash fs tab. We can get as specific as a file. We can say include slash var log as a folder and then the, the trailing backslash again so that I can have the carriage return and that will then back up that entire var log folder. So now if I write that file to disk, so what I've now created is a file, an sh file that will create a snapshot, rdiff backup my uh, home from the snapshot RDIF backup, look at this, I left off the snapshot. So this would actually save uh, backup of my 
uh, my actual running FS tab and my actual running log files, which we don't want to do because what if those log files change while we're on the fly, right? While we're running this backup. So don't forget slash MNT slash snapshot. There we go. Okay. So if I write that file with control O because I'm in nano and then hit control X, if I've done everything right, I can now make that executable, chmod plus x backup.sh. Don't forget that step, otherwise you will not be able to run it. And remember that it has to be run as root. And um, there is one final thing that we need to do, which is, I believe, LV remove. Do you remember when I first did that? It um, asked me if I'm sure I wanted to do it. And I just realized our script is going to be running as a cron, so we need to make sure that it does not ask that question. So I'm going to create the, uh, the logical volume. What did I do? Oh, I had a trail there. MNT snapshot. I can't have trailing slashes on that. You see, uh, wait, uh, Ubuntu-mate slash VG. Is that not right? LV create, LVM snapshot. Oh my goodness. Did I really? Sorry, folks. Let's uh, fix our script. So I just created that again. Actually, I, I don't know why I added my mount point there. I need to actually mount uh, now my LVM snapshot. So slash dev slash Ubuntu dash mate dash VG slash LVM snapshot. Some of you probably caught that. And then say and then actually mount that to MNT slash snapshot. Okay, and then because I've opened that, now I need to close it with U mount MNT snapshot before I remove the actual snapshot. Okay, so now that I've done that, I'm gonna take that LV remove command and I'm just gonna do this for the sake of accuracy uh, for the demonstration. You notice how it says, do you really wanna remove and discard? And I would have to say yes. That's not gonna work in a cron. So I think it's dash F to force and it is. Okay, so we're gonna add dash F to that command. I simply wanted to test that because I didn't wanna tell you to put dash F and then be wrong. Okay, so it looks like we're all good. I've got creation of the snapshot mount the snapshot to the snapshot mount point, run my RDIF backup, and then unmount the snapshot once it's done, and then LV remove, so remove the logical volume, the snapshot itself. Save that, it's already uh, executable, so now dot slash backup dot sh, and run that, and failed to find the snapshot. Where did I go wrong? So dev slash Ubuntu Mate, I forgot to remove those trailing slashes. There it is. That trailing slash should do it. Let's run it again. Logical volume created, running my backup. This is Category 5 Technology TV. We're learning tonight how to create an RDIF backup of a logical volume snapshot. How's, how was your nap? I was wide awake. <clears throat> My eyes started burning. <laughs> How was your nap? You're going to have to play it back in double time. It's running through my backup now. Uh, and so what it did is obviously created the snapshot and is saving it all. There we go. So the next and final kind of step is to add that to a cron job. That's really it. My eyes started burning. A cron job. Are you all right? Yep. A cron job is quite literally a scheduled task. So on my computer, while that's even running, I can create that scheduled task here. Uh, I'm just gonna bring up the terminal. And what I wanna do is sudo. Make sure you type sudo. Reason being, now I'm gonna go cron tab dash E. I'm gonna use super user to create this cron because the script has to be executed as the root user. So we have to use the root user to create the cron file. So sudo cron tab dash E or make sure your root when you run cron, cron tab dash e it says there is no cron just yet what do you want to do do you want to use ed nano or vim it will give you the options i like nano uh choose the one that you like it's just asking you which editor you want to use okay so i want to run this 
we've looked at cron on the show do a search on our website category5.tv if you're not familiar with it uh, but basically i want to say i want to run this at midnight every day um, so zero zero is midnight star 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 every single day it means and then slash home slash robbie slash backup dot sh so that is every day at midnight going to run my backup file save it exit and it has installed the new cron tab so now every night at midnight it's going to run that backup the next one is going to be super smash and simple because it's already run the big long one my next one is going to be really really fast and it's only going to be the increments next week we're going to learn how to now take our rdiff backup and restore not just files from the backup but in fact individual points in time so if I want to go back a week, four days, seven days, I'm actually going to leave this running with the cron job so that you can see how that backup set works. I'm going to create a couple files here and there, and we're going to be able to go back to certain days. So uh, make sure you tune in next week, episode number 462, to catch that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Uh, and uh, I will post the actual script. Um, I'll have a link to it in the show notes below. So in the description there below, make sure you grab that if you're interested in our backup script. Make sure you check out rdiff-backup. And again, episodes 455, 456 are a great place to learn about uh, the actual LVM portion of this tutorial. Again, rdiff-backup will work even without your LVM. So check it out. Good time? Mm-hmm. I know. I, I warned you it was going to be nerdy. No, it was good. Was it good? I learned something. Did you? Yep. Robbie can talk without drinking water for at least an hour. Parch. Yep. No, that was good. Just before we good wrap job. up, just a heads up that my backup completed and my logical volume LVM snapshot was successfully removed. There we so go. So it worked. Okay. Run it again. Boom, created, backed up. It, it's going to go through, right? So my next backup, boom, done, removed. How beautiful is that? Check out Ardiff Backup. And thank you so much for watching Category 5 Technology TV this week. Make sure you get onto our website, category5.tv. Check out our partners as a fun way to support us by shopping yeah. with our partner links. Uh, check out my watch. Go to baldnerd.com and click on My Gear. There you have it, Shelly. It's always a pleasure, buddy. It was good to be here. Sorry for talking so much. Well, you did a good job, so. So it's <laughs> so it's a um, win for the show and win for go. the viewers. And, all right. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Good night. <laughs>